0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the next installment of the uh, Magic Beans podcast. This is a special edition of our Evergreen series where we have uh, a very, very special guest. It might be our first guest on the uh, the Magic Beans cast and uh, an illustrious one at that. Uh, We have got uh, joining myself uh, and Cracker uh, on the line. Oh, what? Uh, I'm not the
1: illustrious guest. That's that's uh, disappointing. N-
0: no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I almost forgot to introduce you, so right. I, I do apologise there. Uh, that's how excited I am to have Isaac Egan uh, joining us. So uh, Isaac comes to us fresh off a uh, a top eight finish at the uh, the last Arena Pro Tour last weekend. Congratulations, Isaac, and welcome to the Magic Beans Cast.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. It's uh, good to be on.
0: It's, uh, yeah, really stoked to have you. Um, uh, those of you who have uh, followed the beans for a little while have, uh, probably heard me talk about, um, Isaac in the context of, um, of Highlander. And, uh, Isaac was kind enough to give us a, uh, a little bit of his time during the, the bushfire front fundraiser to sort of talk about Highlander and such as well. So proper friend of the cast status now. So, uh, yeah, yeah I feel yeah. quite privileged.
1: Verified <laughs> <Thanks. laughs> <It's> air. <laughs>
0: That's right. That's right. So as I mentioned, you um, yeah you uh, crushed the uh, the recent online um, pro tour, but and we'll get into that. But what? A, oh, sorry, players tour. I'm still getting used to that.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah. We just abbreviate to PT. That's, yeah, that's, we'll just That's the trick.
0: Yeah, we can't can't make mistakes then, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I thought. Well, before we delve right into that, let's for the the Magic Beans listeners who uh, may not may not know you. Yep let's uh, let's have a little segment of who is Isaac so do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself um, how long you've been playing magic and, and sort of what got you into the game to begin with so to start yeah. back in the day
2: Whew. going back uh, more than a couple of years uh, yeah so I was about 10 or 11 when I started playing I'm 34 now so uh, I've been playing for yeah over over 20 years I um, wow. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I remember buying Ice Age boosters in in stores. Uh, the first pre-release that I ever played in was uh, Stronghold. And I'm going to guess that there are more than a few listeners that don't even know that Stronghold is a set. <laughs> that That's how old... <laughs> yeah, geez, I'm getting pretty old, yeah. Was that in Canberra? No, it was in Melbourne, actually. In uh, Melbourne, okay. It was, uh, I think it was at RMIT or... It was at some kind of university. I was pretty young. I I definitely remember I won my first ever match. So the first ever sanctioned match I sat there to ever play, I won. And I was like, yeah, well, of course, because I'm excellent at this game. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then I lost my next three and I'm like, geez, I think I just got unlucky there. You know, a few fair few games in a row. In hindsight, looking back, I'm, I'm quite confident that in my first round, my opponent got mana screwed. And uh, that's, that's the only reason I won. And uh, I actually had no idea what I was doing. But
0: uh, you obviously had a good enough time that you, uh, you stuck with it and you, you came back at you know, a number of times to tournaments after that?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I kept playing at uh, different events. Uh, like basically, all, all I did was play pro releases. Uh, that, was, that was my thing. I I'd just rock up, play pro releases. Uh, I didn't even really know that there were other events. I didn't know what a draft was until much later. And then I actually stopped playing for a few years. So when I was about uh, 16, 17, so I played up until uh, I didn't play any of Mirrored Block. So I think Invasion was like the last um, Pre-Release that I went to for a while. Uh, and I randomly played in the Betrayers of Kamigawa Pre-Release. Uh, but then uh, that was just because like, like an old mate was like, oh, what are you doing? You should come on to this thing. And then I was like, yeah, cool. Uh, and then I didn't play again until uh, basically when the original Ravnica came out. That was when I started playing uh, a lot of Magic. That's when I started playing uh, weekly drafts and uh, even reading some articles and getting into the game because, uh, oh, yeah, it was, it was just uh, it was a creative outlet and a competitive outlet and something that I enjoyed doing. And a good mate of mine whilst I was at university. So I, I lived on campus at university. And I was good mates with this guy, Whip Not. Uh, we'd like hang out with each other for like, you know, like every day for like six months before I found out that he played magic. And I was like, ah, oh, I play Magic. And then he actually got me back into the game. He was actually the the first person to introduce me to Highlander. He had a couple of moxes. And I was like, How the hell do you get a mox? Like that's ridiculous. And he said, Oh, I've won them. And I was like, How? And he said, Highlander, and that's how I got into Highlander. So yeah, I've been playing Pretty pretty solidly since the original Ravica. Uh I think around the original
0: Rav is when uh, we first crossed paths at uh, at Card Heaven on Chapel Street. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, and I uh, I remember not long after not long after we met. Uh, we, I think we played in a vintage uh, tournament and, and we're having a chat and. Uh, there was a couple of local players. Tom Hattie was one of them and there was discussions about Highlander. And I'm like, what's, what's Highlander? And I can't remember the exact conversation, but at some point you explained the World Gorge Dragon combo to me. And, uh, and I was, I was like, I need to play this format. It sounds great. So yeah. So, uh, so that's, yeah, that's, that's very cool. So, um, your, uh, relationship with Magic has been pretty, uh, pretty deep since, since those days. Running a store for a uh, a good length of time.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'll, I'll quickly run through like from, so that Ravnica was like probably like 2002, something like that. Uh, yep. 2003. 2003, 2004, somewhere around there. Before I quickly get into that though, I'm just going to tell anyone that's wondering what that World gorgia combo is. So, World gorgia <laughs> Dragon, because, uh, you know, like it's the best. Uh, it's one of the reasons I got back into. Uh, playing Constructed Magic, or the first reason I actually started playing Constructed Magic. Cracker will like it because it involves some Animate sort of Dead, I know, spell. I know yeah, what it yeah, is. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah, yeah, Animate Dead, World of Dragon comes into play, uh, does some really complicated stuff, but at the end of it you have infinite mana, and it was the first time I realized that you could actually create uh, a, a series of cards, a combo, that you can win on turn one. So that was the first time I could legitimately win on turn one and, 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 and potentially actually do it. Uh, Love it. That's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a combo dear, dear and near to my heart.
1: People still play it in competitive commander decks, man. It's still a mm. legitimate win condition in, in CEDH. There you go. That's sick.
0: Yeah. It's pretty good. I uh, I remember Michael Lethal Leslie killed me with that in, in a cube match once. and That was pretty pretty fun. <laughs> uh, the black command um, that j- drained life or whatever it did. Yeah, you got there. You, you know, the trick is having something to do with your infinite mana, right? Yeah. So, that's, the hard part. yeah. yeah. that's right. Uh, so so from, from there, uh, you started yeah, running vintage and Highlander tournaments uh, yeah, that so I went basically
2: to? Basically, like it actually kind of stems back to that original conversation with uh, Luke Knot. He uh, told me that he won a Mox playing Highlander, and I was like, I would like to do that. And then no one was running Mox Highlander events. So I was like, hey, can we run a Mox Highlander event? And they're like, oh, I don't know if we'll get enough players. And I'm like, what if I supplied the Mox? Uh, and they're like, okay, sure. If you're going to take all the risk, then, um, cool, we'll do that. Uh, and then, so that was the first Mox Highlander event I won with, I oh, like let, let's let's be perfectly honest. It was about me trying to win a Mox. Like that was, you know, like no one was like putting on these Mox tournaments. So I, I put on my own one with the objective being to win it. Uh,
0: and, and that's, uh, you know, as someone who a- attended many, uh, I, I appreciate you taking that, that risk. Um. I, the closest I've ever come to winning a piece of power was I lost game five of the finals against Matt Antonello playing Hulk Flash, uh, and uh, I had to settle for my Juzum Jin as second prize, uh, but yeah, it was so close to a, a time warp, but uh, hey, yeah.
2: Juzum's worth a fair bit now, like, I don't know. If yeah, it's yeah if it's part. a beta nah, one no, or
1: original one, yeah, they're worth yeah. stacks. Yeah,
2: we I sold it, yeah. <laughs> sold <laughs> I do regret that. <laughs> sold it for harvest slab or something, yeah.
1: I imagine yep. this is when your um, moxes weren't the many thousands of dollars they are now.
2: No, they are about five or six hundred bucks at that point. Still a million, lot, I mean, yes. Yeah, still a still lot. a lot, lot of money.
0: Lot. It was still uh, enough for people to travel from interstate to to Melbourne to uh, to try and win, and and that was uh, a lot of fun to have the uh, you know the guys come down from Canberra and Sydney to to compete. And, yep. uh, you know, there was a little bit of banter, a bit of us and them, uh, and yeah. uh, really uh, uh, made it a really fun event. I did enjoy that. Um, but anyone who actually doesn't know what Highlander is, it is a competitive 60-card singleton format. So different to um, Commander, where you've got 60 cards, you don't have a uh, a Commander, and there is a, a points list. Uh, so the really busted broken cards are worth points allotment, and you can have a maximum of seven points in your deck. There's the, the history of Highlander. Check out au. Um, it's got a breakdown there. You can also find the, the points list, uh, help with your decks as well as uh, like event announcement. If this is event announcements, if that's something that you're interested in as well. So yeah, Highlander's Highlanders my favorite constructed format. Think constructed cube.
2: Um, so yeah, yeah that's
0: basically what it is. But it's basically the best. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
2: All right, so then uh, from there, I was like, okay, uh, I'll just, uh, I've been running these Highlander events, and uh, a good mate of mine, Chris Evans, uh, happened we both happened to to be in this position where we could start a store, and so we did. We started our own store in the city, and I ran that for six years uh, before eventually selling up. Uh, and in that six years, I played a hell of Water magic, uh, managed to even top eight a GP. And from there, I got an invite to the world championships in Chiba in 2010. So I played in that. That was my first pro tour. I managed to come 10th in in that event. So I had two winning in to top eights, and I lost both of them, one of which I even had a, a game loss because two of my cards stuck together. And Ouch. so I tapped, a, I tapped a mountain at one point to play a Pestamite to tap down their blue source to untap and play Splinter Twin. So I, I tapped a mountain to then untap and win the game. And as I tapped my mountain, I was like, oh, this card's a bit thick. And I, like, you know, uh, like, uh, pressured them in between my fingers, and then there was another uh, card stuck to it. And then uh, at, at that point in time, that basically the, the ruling was that I had an extra card in in play in the sphere of things, and that was considered uh, drawing extra cards, and that was a game loss. Wow! Such. So uh, I was a game up, and that was against uh, Guam Matignon, who ended up uh, winning that that world championship. Uh, he he later told me, "Don't feel too bad. Uh, I had the lightning bolt in my hand, so you weren't going to get me." And I don't know how true that is, but I, I hope it's true. So uh, then I managed to string together a couple of pro tours. So I played in. Uh, Paris, and uh, then I played in Japan again another time, and uh, Canada, and Hawaii, and San Diego, I think. So uh, there's a, a few different Pro Tours that I kind of um, chipped together. Uh, I managed to have another win in at Pro Tour Gate Crash, and I uh, lost that one as well, uh, which was, you know, like, uh, it was a, actually a pretty fun match. The guy that I lost to ended up having slightly worse breakers than me, and ended up coming ninth. So I Ouch. might have also come ninth, but yeah, it looked like I would have come eighth. It was it was a bit oh. touch and go, depending on uh, some different factors. So it was a pretty close one. It must hurt at the
0: time to to lose that, but if uh, if someone offered me tenth at Worlds or to to the chance to play a win and in at a pro tour, you know, you take that, right? Oh,
2: so uh, you take yeah, that well done every time yeah every time yeah and look like all of these things like i was pretty happy with all of them so magic has always been something that i'm incredibly passionate about and i love playing uh, i love winning uh, but also uh, i've always been able to take my losses like uh, they haven't affected me to the same degree that i think some of the other people in my life i've seen uh, it's just you know like it's part of it
0: yeah, I think so. I think to, uh, especially if you're playing at that level, when you're playing against people that are obviously very, very good at the game, uh, you, you know, going in, like it's what you signed up for, you know, that you could very easily just completely crash and burn and, uh, and be out. And you might have put in a lot of, um, emotional energy as well as time and, um, you know, testing and preparation. And, uh, that's part of the, the excitement of any magic tournament, really, where you can feel prepared, but, you don't quite know how you're going to go until
2: you actually get there, right? So yeah, and then you just get mad screw you go to the best deck and play the best and you get mad screw and yeah, that's it. Six months yeah. of, of testing or whatever. So that's a, um, that's that's right. It's a it's,
0: that's, it's it's a fickle it's a fickle game at times. It's the
2: best
1: part of the game? Question <laughs> mark. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's
2: one of those. It's one of those yeah. best parts because they like yeah, you know, like it actually gets people into the game because. You could be literally yeah. the first game of Magic you play and you get paired against LSV, and you can be LSV, right? Because LSV can get massacred <laughs> Absolutely. Fun, right? Absolutely. And look, we, uh, we,
0: the Beans played the uh, early access streamer event. I was uh, talking about that before we started uh, recording, and uh, Shorty got paired against three MPL players, uh, Kowalski, Mangucci, and another player. It was Canister. And Canister. And Shorty's 3 against MPL players. So he's riding very, very high at the moment. Um, so nice. uh, yeah, shout out to to Shorty. Um, obviously, you know, three o against pros means that uh, you know he's having a good run. So <laughs> yeah, that's great. I don't know what his overall record was, but uh, if you ask him about it, that's that's what he'll tell you. So three uh, o <laughs> against pros—that's all that matters. That's no, it. No, <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. So uh, fast forwarding to. Um, well, not quite to last weekend. Uh, it was a, a couple of months ago uh, at the um, the Coburg the Town Hall. Um, yeah. There was a, a standard event. I was there. I was uh, at the opposite end of the room for you. I, we were talking about those those days where you just sometimes you crash and burn. I had one of those, um, yeah. but but you managed to take down the uh, PTQ.
2: Yeah, yeah. So uh, players to a qualifier. Uh, it was a standard event. So this is like. You know, six years in between, like six years since I qualified for a a PT uh, and then played in this standard event at uh, Coburg and managed to take it down after getting pretty lucky and having a a well-positioned deck. So then I was uh, qualified again for this event that just happened on the weekend. So I was pretty happy about that.
1: So was that your goal? Like, were you – was your plan to get back on – and obviously things have changed now in terms of the structure, but was your plan to try and get back on the train? Were you looking to just – like, go, hey, this is a sweet competitive event. I can go jam. Or, like, were you actually like, targeting to try and take the whole thing down?
2: Uh, well, I, uh, whenever I play Magic, my, you, typically my objective is to win. Okay. And so that includes winning the whole thing. Like, you know, like if, yeah, so I, I think every event that I play in, yeah, my objective is to win the whole thing. Um, my, my expectation is not, though.
1: Sure, but that's, that's the primary, uh, uh, the primary goal. Yeah.
0: That's why you're there. I, I understand that. Um, and that's, uh, that mindset, I think, is uh, is important and something that I I don't always have uh, as a, as a player. I'm like, oh, I just want to I just want to play good magic, and if I play good magic, my results will you know take care of themselves. And but you know, and I think that's just like protecting myself a little bit from you know the falling flat on my face and and you know getting yeah, sad about fun. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, as you said just just before, you've got that. You know, you know that that is a possibility, and you've accepted that. So, I guess for yeah. magic players out there that you know are, are wanting to take that step, you've got some ability. You realise that you like this game, and you you know you you're starting to get pretty good at it. Um, I think there's a, a lesson there for all of us. So, yeah, wise yeah. words from from Isaac. I like it.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> go in there with the objective of winning, but don't expect to win.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it sounds simple, but that that's actually really hard
2: to. To actually do i think so yeah the, the the thing that happened in that six year gap uh i was still playing magic that entire time but i also went back to uni finished up my degree, and became a psychologist so my priorities changed a little bit
0: and got married in that time as well oh um, uh, yeah I forgot about yeah that. yeah some, some pretty significant <laughs> life events in there oh, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Feel free at any time to uh, if if you want to give your um, your psychology service a plug, more than happy with that because it's such a good thing. And uh, any other um, you know magic auction sites that you're involved in, uh, if you want to uh, you know slide those plugs in, um, you can absolutely. Nice yep. Yeah. Cool. There's no such thing as shameless plugs. They're just uh, plugs. Get them out there. So that, that's great. Yep. So. Then, yeah, obviously, the world got kind of turned on its head after you won
2: the, the place to a qualifier. Yeah, that was actually the last PTQ that, that, that got run. Uh, after that, like, everything shut down. So the, the next one was scheduled for, like, maybe four weeks later in Adelaide, and that one ended up getting cancelled because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was, like, the last opportunity to, to, to qualify for this PT from a real-life event. Yeah, wow. Okay, uh, so, well, you, you got there, which is fantastic.
0: So, yeah, so fast forward to, to last weekend, uh, well, just before last weekend, uh, you've got, um, you know, you've got a really important choice to make, which is A, which which pro tour to play in because there were four in quick succession, if I'm yep. if I'm right. yep. Uh, so, you know, a bit of a lottery of which one to pick
2: as well as like what deck do you play. So can you talk us through that? Let's have a lottery of which one to pick because it was like, do you want to play the one that starts at 3 a.m.? or the one that starts at 11 p.m., or the one that starts at 5 p.m., or the one that starts at 10 a.m.? Okay, that's, uh, uh-huh. that's
1: a pretty easy decision then.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so That, that makes other, sense. The only other opportunity was, I guess, kind of like the 5 p.m. one, like if you wanted to, to go late into the night, but like that was, uh, I think that was basically like, it, it worked out that the, the 10 a.m. one was definitely the, the correct one to choose as far as like my sleeping patterns at that point in time although if i you know didn't have work on then probably the 5pm would be the way the the way my sleeping patterns would end up so
0: (laughs) yep i feel you there uh okay so that 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 makes that question easy so the i guess the the big one then is uh, what what did did you yeah what deck did you play and and how did you arrive at that point
2: yeah, so uh, the deck that I qualified for the uh, in the PDQ, I played uh, Bant, and I've played a hell of, a of Bant, and I love Bant because I love playing Tamiya. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the things that I started by saying, okay, guys, uh, so we had a fair few guys in our testing group that were just kind of sharing information, and uh, I said, okay, I'll start with Bant, uh, but uh, I'm a bit apprehensive about, like, it's matchup versus uh, Teamer. And then I played a bit, and I was losing to Teamer, and... But more importantly, I was losing to this Jun Sacrifice deck to the point where it was like I had everything. Like, I had my Growth on turn two, maybe I had a Nyssa, um, I like Wrath the Board, I had an Ellsworth Conker's Death and a, a Teferia, and then they would play Bolas of Citadel and just kill me with no other permanents in play. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, I already have all of the things that I need. And so I was like, right, I, can't, I can't beat this Jun Sacrifice deck with. With band. So uh, that's what I'm going to start testing now. So I started testing that with the Bowls of Citadel. And uh, I won a bunch. But also the, the deck is just so much fun to play. There's a bunch of triggers. You can combo off. You kind of transition from this aggro deck to mid range to a combo deck. Uh, just depending on what's going on. Then you start playing for your outs in the Bowls of Citadel. Setting up your mana appropriately. Uh, holding priority a bunch on Arena in order to sacrifice multiple foods at the same time, and trigger a Trail of Crumbs, which is an amazing card. If you haven't played Trail of Crumbs, it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah,
1: It says draw a card. Oh, it says you look at the top two permanents, right? Put a permanent into your hand? Yeah, you
2: look at the top two cards, and you may choose a permanent and put it into your hand. Even though he's
0: not on this call, uh, Shorty has got goosebumps somewhere where someone's <laughs> talking as passionately about his favourite deck as, as he is. Uh, so uh, yeah, he's he's he does he doesn't know why, but uh, he's got a good feeling right now. <laughs> so I have um, you know in the sort of the mid diamond tiers as a um, as I've been hanging out in uh, on ladder lately, I keep losing to To that deck, and I, I keep, you know, adjusting my deck, and uh, just not not being able to uh,
2: to figure it out. But uh, maybe it's because I'm I'm being too stubborn and just not playing it. The problem with playing against the deck is you don't know, like, am I meant to play against an aggro deck or a combo deck, and that's that's the hard part. Like, so you can't give them infinite time because then they can just bowl sit- you with maybe a dress to start with, uh, and you can't. Like just straight up aggro them because claim the firstborn is so good at stealing your stuff and and killing your things and yeah, anything with one toughness dies to mayhem devil. So it's a really well positioned deck. It's very strong. It does uh, not like playing against casualties of war. So if you want to beat John, play casualties of war.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's very valid. Is it a deck that you would play in paper at a at a high level event with all of those triggers
2: and? It would be easier
0: to play in paper. Okay. Okay. I'm just thinking about all the triggers. I, I think I would miss triggers and probably my win percentage might go down because uh, Arena does all of that for me and reminds me that, you know, I've triggered Trail of Crumbs or uh, <laughs> that sort of thing. So, uh, but yeah, interesting. If it's, uh, it'd be potentially faster, I guess, to play.
2: Yeah. When you've got to sacrifice a bunch of things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's what you um, virtually sleeved up for the players tour. Yep. How did
2: you go on day one? Uh, look, you know, I, I, I could have done better in the, the. I did lose a couple of games. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, those games weren't in the same matches. So I ended up uh, with nine wins and zero losses, which is, you know, Really wow ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: th- that in itself is uh, an absolutely in- incredible feat and I think there was a uh, a previous world champion involved in that as well and yeah absolutely crushed it. Um, I'm sure if uh, people go to your twitch channel uh, you you were streaming it obviously because uh, you're part of the the wizard's official coverage there'd be a, a vod there so if people want to check it out um, where would they find you on Twitch? Uh, Twitch forward slash IAK, i w a k. Yeah, go go and check it out. If you just want to see uh, an Australian crushing the world, uh, fantastic. Um, so you were the only undefeated player on day one, I believe? Yeah, that's correct. Yep, and then
2: uh, day two went almost as well? Yeah, so I started off uh, knowing that uh, I could certainly lose <laughs> and not make top eight, but I needed to get like two wins in order to kind of shore it up to definitely be 100% locked kind of thing. Uh, because then I would end it up uh, even at eleven four I would make the the, the top eight uh, especially considering I'd be able to ID the last round uh, so I won those two uh, and so then I was locked which is great and then I won the one after that as well so then at that point I was on thirteen wins and zero losses wow and and finished the
0: top of the top of the Swiss. And uh, so position one going into the um, into the top eight. So what what decks did you play against? Was there a did you play against a lot of the like wilderness reclamation like we saw in the previous events, or was there a uh, you know a, a bit more of a diverse metagame?
2: I played against a lot of Bant, which was the reason why I started playing Jun Sacrifice because I felt like you couldn't beat John Sacrifice with Bant. So every time I got playing against Bant, I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> And you get to see decklist as well, so I I, I knew going into it that uh, one of the 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 big factor as to whether it was going to be hard or not was uh, how many of the uh, the woof maker the four cost woof uh, that has flash uh, that that card is quite good against me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, having flash and making creatures for you to you can't be claimed firstborn uh, yeah. if you're. Were you playing the Priest of Forgotten Gods? I don't
2: actually I was, have I was your... playing three Priests of the Forgotten yep. Gods, one Braska. And so the thing is, like, it can flash in, it can uh, then block a Woe Strider or a Mayhem Devil. It provides an actual uh, amount of pressure, which means that the Bowlers of Citadel gets turned off uh, if they've got too much pressure. Uh, and uh, it's just a straight-up good card. So yep. the number of them that they were playing was was a factor that I was kind of conscious of but uh, I was lucky that m- most of my band opponents and my team of wreck opponents uh, weren't playing too many copies of those. So uh, it worked out quite well for me. And oh, look, to be honest with you, there were just such good matchups that uh, it wasn't like I was, <laughs> it wasn't like I was playing exceptionally well. And that was what got me over the line. It was just that I had such good matchups and such good draws that it just worked out really well for me.
0: Uh, I- I'm sure you I've, I've watched you play, and I've, I've lost to you enough that, to know that you've even on a, on a bad day you're uh, you're probably still playing good magic, mate. Thanks,
2: man.
0: So I saw a uh, something on social media about wanting to buy a foil saga. I can't remember the red saga,
2: <laughs> the Acrowan War. Yeah, the I put War, that one yeah. up as a good good little troll uh, in the uh, the marketplace in uh, Australian Facebook. I was just like, want to buy a foil the Acrowan War. Uh, which actually uh, I did have one person message me and they had one. And so, yeah, I bought it. It's, uh, it's currently in the mail. And I'm going you know, to put it straight in the pool room. So what did you, so that's
0: uh, for those who don't know the Chrome War uh, takes a uh, takes one of your opponent's creatures
2: I'll, until I'll I'll, uh, I'll read it out to you. And by read it out. I'll, I mean, just say it off my yep. memory. Uh, it's you. a, a red and three enchantment. Uh, it's a saga, so it's got uh, three stages. Uh, stage one, you get to take control of a creature and opponent controls. Uh, stage two is that all creatures your opponents control have to attack next turn if able. Uh, And then stage three, all creatures deal damage equal to their power to themselves. Uh, All tapped creatures deal damage to themselves equal to their power. So it's a uh, four-cost removal spell effectively because you have so many sac outlets, so you can take any creature. But then it does a little bit more than that in that it takes their creature and then forces them to attack, and you can block, and then it uh, kills everything that's tapped. So the result is that uh, anything that's kind of playing green particularly, they ended up, they end up, uh, you, you steal their questing based and then you get to block with their questing based on something because they have to attack with everything and then everything they attacked, uh, then ends up killing themselves. So it's. It's a, it's a bit of a blight versus green decks and it's very good in the mirror because it takes Corvold as well as taking Mayhem Devil and everything else. They do have Sack Outlets as well. So often it's just a four cost removal spell, which isn't great. But one of the good things is it's, uh, it, it provides multiple permanents and that it steals something. And it can also be ta- uh, it can be found off Trail of Crumbs because it's a permanent. So it's, uh, it's utilities nice. is. is it pretty good. So yeah. how many so you're you're playing those in your sideboard?
0: Um, yeah, two of them in the, my sideboard. Two in the board. Yeah. Okay. I like it. And uh yeah, it was obviously uh doing work for you. That's 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 great. Yep. So you finished top of the Swiss and uh you entered into the top eight. Yep. Kinda of didn't uh didn't continue the winning streak there unfortunately. But, yeah, uh, so I, I
2: actually I lost round fourteen to Soltai who was playing a lot of those uh the card that i said uh, actually does really well against this this deck casualties of war so casualties no yep. a bunch so I, I lost round 14 and then round 15 i drew and so then i took an hour and a half 2 hours off where i wasn't playing any magic which i think in hindsight was maybe not the best cuz i think my brain shut down a little bit i was really struggling on that top eight to 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 process and think uh, at the the speed at which i was normally processing things got pinned against the mirror. And uh, I actually did make a pretty a pretty specific error in that uh, I had Corvold, it was going well, I had Lethal, as long as my Corvold didn't die. And I played out a Priest of the Forgotten Gods, this is in game one, in order to chump block, uh, just not thinking really at all. Uh, and then as soon as I passed the turn, I was like, oh no, I hope they don't claim the first bond because. Then they oh. can sacrifice two things. And that's the only creature I have as well as the Corvold. And that's exactly what happened. So they got to claim the Firstborn, my own priest. They got to escape their Woe Strider to get two uh, uh, goats into play and then sacrifice both of those goats in order to make me sack my Corvold. Now, I did have a hell of, a lot of cards at this point, but I only had a six mana in play plus a seventh mana in my hand. And then uh, they had a, a, a Mayhem Devil. And, uh, and now they've got a 5-4 Woestrider as well. So it was pretty tough. I did manage to actually call my way back in that like I played two Mayhem Devils, I sacrificed a, a land in order to kill their Mayhem Devil, and then I had to sacrifice my own Mayhem Devil, which allowed me to get my cat back online. So then I killed their Priest of the Forgotten Gods, which they also had their own Priest of the Forgotten Gods. So it was like this really complicated mess, but I managed to like, kind of call back into the sense where I could chump off their Woestrider with my cat, and then have a Mayhem Devil and had heaps of cards in, in hand. So I was looking actually pretty good. And uh, I've since watched the replay and uh, I passed the turn and they drew a, a second claim the firstborn in order to steal my Mayhem Devil and, and attack for evil. So uh, As someone who, as I said, has played, uh, keep losing to
0: this deck, I feel like they always have claimed the firstborn exactly got it. when they always. I've always yep. got it.
2: It was interesting, like actually watching the replay because in my head, right? Uh, I was I was I was beating myself up about playing that uh, priest of the forgotten gods, and so when I uh, caught my way back and got in this position and then passed the turn and then they played the second claim of the firstborn, I was like, yeah, that's that's fair. They had it like they just had it the entire time. Like yeah. So th- that like the top deck part I only watched later. But in my head, I was just like, "God, oh, this is actually completely reasonable. I I stuffed up, I opened this window for them, and it's completely reasonable for them to then take that win. So then I was trying to kind of like settle myself and trying to get back into the right headspace for game two, which um, was hard. Like, honestly, I was, you know, like I was a bit disappointed with myself. Uh, and then I did manage to just basically like have just like a God draw in, in game two. So it was kind of an easy cakewalk and my opponent conceded well before they needed to, but yeah, it was reasonable because they were going to die. Okay. Game three, which was uh, really interesting, uh, but they just, you know, they, they, they had all the things that they needed. And very importantly, I didn't have a, uh, a an oven or, or a sack outlet in general, which meant that uh, when they played their claim the firstborns, uh, which I think they had multiple of them. They got to steal my creature and attack and deal the extra points of damage and then sacrifice it So I never got any uh, foods out of them playing the claim the first pawns and they got extra utility out of them So uh, it just ended up being in this position where I was just too far behind because they were on the play And had all the things and I was just just enough behind that I that I didn't really find a window to To get back into that game So close uh, uh the
0: fatigue the fatigue um that you mentioned you d- just played two solid days of magic and yep. i've played you know you know local events where i m- had id the last round in the top eight and then my brain shut down after playing you know five rounds so you've yep. just played 15 over two days so uh, i wouldn't beat yourself up too much
2: about uh yeah, you know, look at the end of the day i'm i'm I'm, I'm pretty happy with myself uh, in that, uh, you know, like... you top eight at a PT, right? <laughs> i top eight at a yeah. PT. Yeah, that's great. But yeah, I do yeah. find it interesting that from a psychological perspective that my focus is on that, that, that mayhem, that, sorry, that uh, praise of the forgotten gods, uh, which, you know, comes back to, you know, we can go back into my childhood and whatnot <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and certainly look at, like, some of the catalysts for those reasons. But like that, that quest to always be, you know, trying to achieve uh, and be achievement orientated in a lot of ways certainly does actually come back to to my childhood, and so it doesn't make like it, it doesn't surprise me that that my my inclination is to focus on that, and then I have to make a conscious effort to be like, oh, hang on a second, just check yourself for for a bit, Isaac, and and it's okay to give yourself a pat on the back for for doing well in that event up until that point.
0: So. Yeah, uh, that must be interesting. Uh- because you'd be constantly, you know, self-evaluating uh as a psychologist, right? Where you're um you'd be very conscious of uh your own mindsets and your own thoughts. And something that somebody who's not in that field, uh, is completely oblivious to the majority of the time. So yeah, that would be interesting and very interesting in the magic context as well. So I, I feel like I, you know, I have a very specific set of things where if I feel like I got unlucky in a match there's things that I can accept and things that I, you know, I feel like I was almost you know hard done by. Ah, oh, they top decked that thing or whatever it was. And my my inclination is to say that my opponent got lucky, but it's only when I actually think about it myself later. It's like, well, I, I gave them that window, like similar to yeah. your scenario. It's like, well, if yeah. But my first like emotional reaction is they got lucky, not I did something wrong.
2: So it's it's interesting. I've always I have noticed that I have. Like a, a slightly different attitude towards some of the other guys that I used to hang, hang out with a lot playing Magic, in that I would, uh, they would get more frustrated if their opponent, you know, got lucky and and top decked than, uh, than anything. That was the thing that kind of like that, that frustrated them. But that, uh, like, I, it was something that I, I I could certainly deal with. In fact, if I made a mistake then in some ways it made me happy in that I knew that it was within my control and I could have done better. And so this is something to, to, to work on. Um, so I was a little bit, yeah, I was hmm. happier if it was, if it was like something that I could control and that I could do better.
1: Interesting. Cause I'm the opposite. Like if someone top decks on me and they like just, you know, sack the win, it's just like, Oh, well like, it's an, it's annoying but i get more frustrated when i realize immediately after i've made a really stupid play like that for me is is way more tilting and and like knowing that you know there's a series of events that i did and just poor decisions that i made along the way and looking at them just that bothers me more cuz i shouldn't have made them like if if you just get like if you draw two lands and you lose, you draw two lands and you lose, like it, that sucks, but it's pretty easy yeah. for me to kind of move past that. And it's the same. If yeah. if the person, you know, hits a lightning bolt and you're on three and it's been a close game, then like, so be it. There's probably something along the line that you could have done differently. But for me, like I was playing <laughs> actually in our league final and, you know, like made this just horrible mistake. Wasn't punished for it. But as soon as I finished clicking resolve on the spell, it's like, Oh, you idiot. Like, why did you do that? Yeah. And, and like that was like, okay, hang on stop. Like, you got to go from there, but that's where it throws me out of a game more. I yeah, find.
2: so it's interesting. Like I have kind of both of them in that. Like I certainly beat myself up about making that mistake. Yeah. But then at the end of the at the end of that match, when I'm kind of assessing, I'm like, ah, oh, but I could have done X, Y, or Z, and then I would have won the game. And 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 so in that sense, like I'm I'm happy with the learning that I'm engaging. So the opportunity to learn from that error. Whilst also at the same time still telling myself I'm an idiot.
1: So Yeah, you know, I, I do appreciate that afterwards as well as like the fact that you can go, well, at least I saw that I had made that mistake. Like, that's the thing that yeah. I like about it is I go, well, at least I'm good enough to realize that I've like just bricked this play. But at the same time, then I'm just annoyed that I didn't catch it <laughs> before I do, made do it. Do you know what
0: I get the most annoyed at with myself is when I make the same mistake the second and, and third and <laughs> however many times. Is, <laughs> is that
1: like <laughs> mutating onto Nyssaland's?
0: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly uh yeah uh, this under or over how do layers work I, I don't know badly yeah yeah so it's a um yeah uh, yeah that i get frustrated because it's like i should have learned this lesson and yeah. i've repeated it so
2: it's actually probably the, the thing that that happens like the way that i've learned the best is by making those mistakes because i will like that's like yeah the way that I manage to do better at Magic is to play enough that I make the mistakes and then hopefully I don't make them a second time. But I certainly do. I certainly do. <laughs> I certainly do. Uh, but I, there's, there,
0: there we go. More wise words from Isaac. That's just fantastic. Thank you. Like, you know, we've got, uh, you know, listeners of the cast, uh, you know, we, we've got some less experienced players uh, and some players that are sort of trying to make their way, uh, as well as some, some more experienced ones. So I think there's uh, something in that, some little. Nuggets. Yeah, little spells of wisdom.
1: So, <laughs> Hey, so you've played kind of both sides of this now, right? With the whole arena version. And then, as you said, you, you've kind of traveled around and played different PTs. It was one of the things we were chatting about on the last cast was that uh, a bunch of people were complaining that it didn't feel like a PT, right? And I was mm-hmm. suggesting that that wasn't particularly fair because, you know, the comparison is just not valid because of how different the world is right now. How did you find it? Like, what was the experience like for you having done both?
2: Yeah, okay. So the thing that I liked about the old PTs was going over there with a bunch of mates, uh, maybe staying in a hostel, getting terrible sleep, playing heaps of magic, eating terrible food, having a good time whilst we do it. Uh, So that's something that uh, – you. we tried to emulate it a little bit. We actually had a Discord channel, and after every round, we would actually meet in that Discord channel, and we would just, you know, chat and talk about it, matches and stuff. So that was kind of cool to have that that aspect there. So, like, uh, as far as, like, you know, given the world and, and how it is now, I think that it was pretty darn close, like, for what we were trying to emulate. Uh, but the there is this huge difference of, you know, getting to experience a different culture, being in a different country, yeah. um, being able to... And go outside and see like you know different food and hang out with different people and be able to see a bunch of pros or even a bunch of mates that you've made made over the course of magic that like get together just at these pt events so there there is a lot missing but given the circumstances i think it was pretty great
1: i think that's really cool that you actually made the effort to do that right like it seemed like it would be pretty easy to just go well i'm just gonna like Sit in my pajamas on the couch all day, and you know, just treat it Put like it's, cats in ovens. Yeah, just yeah. just treat it yeah. like it's <laughs> it's ladder, right? Like it seems like it would be fairly easy to do that, and then yeah. probably not have the same mindset and not do as well. So I think that's really cool that you kind of went well. Let's make it the best we can. So that's that's sweet.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that actually just kind of naturally happened because that's the way that we were testing, and so we just were hanging out in Discord, and uh and then yeah, we just kind of we just did that, and then the second day because there wasn't as many of us playing in day two, it wasn't happening to start with. And then I actually made a post about, oh, I missed like our chats. Um, and then everyone's like, oh, we should just do chats then. <laughs> so we, we then went back to doing chats after every round. Yeah, sweet. So. Awesome. Which is exactly what you would have, uh, you know,
0: emulating uh, the in-person events. So yeah. if one player out of the group makes day two and the others don't, you know, you're, um, you're there with them, you know, you're riding, you're on the ride with them, right? Yeah, on their journey through. So uh, that that's great, and I mean that's an adjustment that um, that we're making, and we have seen it with you know like stores running F and M's, and you know uh, different leagues and such. Uh, people are starting to get used to that. It, it is different, and you know I think our preference would always be to actually see other humans and 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 you know hang out with our mates in that respect. But uh, it's not a bad alternative. So yeah. uh, really good. Okay. So thank you so much for, for sharing all of, um, all of that. I, I love a good Isaac story. And, yeah. um, and again, yeah, huge congratulations for, um, for the, for the finish. And, uh, I guess this means that you are qualified for, uh, at least the next players tour. What's, what does this yeah, mean for so you? It, it qualifies forward?
2: you for the PT finals, which is in a month's time. And uh, that is like uh, 145 players and 250 grand total with uh, first place being 10 grand and last place being uh, 1,000. So it's a pretty flat price structure, but like, you know, yeah, minimum a thousand bucks, which is pretty sweet. Nice. Yeah, just for playing some magic, which is yeah. great. Um, and, so
0: <laughs> yeah, and the arena open, um, that was a couple of weeks ago, you managed to get the seven wins on day two in that as well and got a little bit of change, I saw. Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's like, yeah, very been good. Of luck, uh, for old Isaac in, in the magic world wrestling. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's uh I mean well done. It's 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 great. You know, putting uh you know, we love seeing you know, Australian Players doing well on on the world stage, and and you know we we saw a um, actually another Junge deck, uh, funnily enough, uh, get a get a top eight in a, a pro tour not so long ago. So it was um, you know we don't get the density of tournaments, we don't have the density of the po- Magic population. So um, when an Australian does uh, does well, you know the whole Magic community in Australia uh, you know uh, shares that with you. So yeah,
2: it's great.
0: Hopefully that doesn't, you know, put pressure
1: on you. I don't want to do that, but <laughs> yeah, Isaac, you have to win, right? No pressure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, we, uh, you know, we'll be watching the players tour finals eagerly and and cheering you on from uh, from wherever we are at the at the time. So yeah, it's really ah, good. So uh, a little bit of a uh, a curly question to to finish us off here. Thinking particularly from a, a, just a, a magic perspective, if you could go back and to young Isaac playing those pizza, uh, sorry, those pre-releases and you, you had just sort of five minutes with, uh, you know, past Isaac, what, what advice would you give yourself from a, from a magic perspective? So with, you know, in the context of, you know, your, your career and successes and, and lessons learned, uh, yep. what, what little
2: mock pearl of wisdom would you give? Okay, okay. Uh, so to start with, I did actually go back in time. Uh, I probably wouldn't even interact with my younger self because uh, I, I'm quite happy with how my life's turned out at this point. So I wouldn't want to change the history uh, you know, despite me having a bunch of very upsetting things happen to me over my life, I'm really happy with where I am now. So I probably wouldn't say anything at all. But okay. I, I don't think that that's the actual question. <laughs> so let's just uh, just
0: buying jewels and moxes like uh, <laughs> yeah, is, is yeah. also an
2: acceptable answer. Yeah, yeah just uh, these, uh, Think about these cards. Buy um, stocks in Apple. <laughs> yeah. yeah, buy stocks in Apple. Buy stocks in Google. Uh, uh, buy a whole lot of wine's uh, eye diamonds because they're uh, fifty cents at the moment. But trust me, they'll be all right. Look, I, I think a couple of things that I've mentioned today is that you know focusing on your winning uh, and expecting to lose at the same time. Learn from your mistakes uh, and have fun doing it. Right? This is a game that we have the privilege, and it really is a privilege to to, to be able to play this game. So acknowledge that and yeah, have fun with it. Like yeah, like winning is great, but it's it's really it's about community. It's about uh, connecting with other people, making new friends. Uh, in my in my role as a psych, I've actually got a couple of colleagues, and they they have this kind of catchphrase where they talk about me because I often will say, "Oh, I've got this mate who will help out with something." So they always say, "Oh, Isaac, he's always got a mate." And, you know, these mates are from, from Magic. You know, I've got mates that can help out with, you know, moving stuff or can help out with graphic design or can help out with warrior stuff or can help out with, uh, you know, pretty much whatever. Like, uh, And it's because of this rich, diverse culture that we have in playing Magic. So kind of uh, acknowledge the, the privilege of playing the game, get amongst it, make a bunch of friends and have fun doing it.
0: That's awesome. That, that, is, that is awesome. I think you've just... Managed to articulate what I really can't and everything that I love about the game. Uh, it, it comes down to the, the people that play it and, and the relationships that you have with them. So that's, that's awesome. Thank you. Isaac. That's great. So, uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up. Um, so thank you so much. Good luck in the, uh, players to a finals in a month's time. Uh, really look forward to seeing how you go. Uh, and look, uh after you've uh, crushed that event, we'd love to have you back on to uh to unpack that. Um is there any any sort of plugs or um shout outs that you'd like to make?
2: Yeah, yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um so shout out to Joey Forster who went me cards for that pedicure that I managed to to, to, to win. Uh, he's really? lent me a bunch of cards over the years, and he's just great. So, shout out to him. I... Also, uh, I'm one of the owners of Rob's MTG Auctions, which is a Facebook group. So if you're in Australia and looking to to buy cards, then search us up. You can go to robsmtgauctions.com.au and it'll uh, link you to either the the website that we have or we'll go back to the Facebook group or you can just search us on Facebook. Uh, If you want to catch me on Twitter, I believe my handle is like uh, at Egan E-G-A-N-I-J. Uh, and you can catch me on Twitch uh, once every few months or so, which is twitch.tv forward slash So, yeah. Excellent. Um,
0: yeah, Rob's NTG Auctions um, is a really good place. You can get some real bargains on there. And uh, I particularly enjoy Chris uh, Pollywaffle from our podcast. Uh, we've got a little mini game going. I don't know if you've noticed on, on the threads where whenever one of us bids, uh, the other one will always just outbid each other by $1. So
2: it's, uh, it's it's always a, it's good for you, man.
0: <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. So we're we're doing what we can to, uh, to to support you, mate. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. There was one guy who was who who was getting trolled by like fifteen other people. So <laughs> whenever <Wow. laughs> he okay. did on something, the troll was to make sure he didn't win it. That was that was the troll. Like so did, it didn't matter
0: how much it cost the the eventual winner in the end. No, yeah. no,
2: that, that, that was irrelevant. And this dude was just after like. Specific like black foils for his EDH deck, and he loved Japanese foils particularly. So there were often these cards that he just can't find anywhere, and and that's why they loved it because he actually, <laughs> which, you know, <laughs> he he was most frustrated with, but also thought it was hilarious. So it was one of those in-jokes kind of thing. Fantastic.
0: No, that, that's, uh, and again, that's the, the community that we, uh, that we just talked about kind of in action in the most Australian way possible. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's great. Uh, okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. So thanks very much uh, for everyone who's tuned in. And uh, yeah, thank you again to Isaac for, uh, for joining us for for us uh, if you want to uh, check out uh, the magic beans uh, we are on discord uh we will put a link in the show notes uh, we run uh, semi-regular leagues probably once every six to eight weeks we'll uh, free to join leagues uh, with current set boosters and uh, some some vouchers for for um, uh, the, the prizes and the top four of the leagues we actually streamed twitch uh, and we commentated on those and and that's a, a lot of fun yes. uh and yeah yeah it's, it's it's really good uh yeah if you want to uh, find us on Twitter
1: Joel at Joel hill underscore
0: and I'm at Chewy MTG. Uh, you'll find us at Magic Beans Cast on Twitter, uh, on on Facebook. Search up, just look for Magic Beans Cast on uh, on Facebook and also on YouTube. So thanks very much, everybody. Thanks again, Isaac. Thanks, Cracker. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, see you next time on the Magic Beans Cast.
2: See you.